Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I have a great interview lined up for you today, but before I bring you my guest, I wanted to tell you about something really quick. So I'm a sucker for a good Instagram ad. I'm not going to lie. I know how these things work and they totally work on me every fucking time. So a couple months ago, I was minding my own business, scrolling through Instagram, and I see an ad for something called Yoga Club. Now, I am not a subscription box kind of girl, but they were offering a brand new top of the line workout outfit every single month for like $79 or something. And considering that top of the line leggings alone go for way more than that, and considering that I am in dire need of an entire workout gear makeover. Like it's like, it's tragic. (laughs) I decided to give this box a shot. Um, their advertising also was super inclusive. It showed body types of all shapes and sizes and colors, which is super important to me. I literally will not click on any ad that just shows skinny, bendy white women, like no fucking way. So I click on this ad and I go through the whole process And oh my God, you guys, I'm so glad I did. I've received two boxes and I am so in love. So they asked me about 487 questions when I signed up and they really came through with listening to my preferences on everything from style to shape and color. I got my second box last week and the next day I went to the gym in my new outfit and I got all the compliments. Everyone was like, oh my God, you look so cute. That color is amazing on you. Seriously, my ego was like, thank you. (laughs) So if you are as desperate as I was for new activewear, I highly recommend checking out Yoga Club. And if you use my referral link in the show notes, you can get $20 off your first box. So instead of paying $79, you're going to pay $59 for an entire three-piece outfit. Yes, three pieces, you guys, leggings, sports bra, and top. And I mean, you can't beat that price in stores, even with the cheapest shit, right? Which this is not, by the way. In my last box, I got a splendid top. Like, come on. Anyway, so use the link in the show notes. You'll get $20 off your first order and you will look super cute next time you go to the gym and you too will get all the compliments. Okay, so now on to today's episode. Speaking of things that get me on Instagram... Today, I am so excited to bring you my interview with Deborah Doak, who I first met on Instagram. I've shared her posts a bunch of times, either in my feed or in my stories, because I so resonate with her work and words. Eventually, I had to like pull myself back. So I was like, okay, (laughs) I'm like, I'm sharing her work a little too much. Um, Not that that's a bad thing. Um, But anyway, so I finally reached out to Deborah after sharing her stuff for so long, and I asked her to come be a guest on the podcast. And it turns out that she has a book coming out today. So the timing was perfect. So Deborah Doak specializes in helping women make hard decisions about marriage, divorce, money, and life. 
She's an author, speaker, CDC certified coach, and certified divorce financial analyst who loves giving women the confidence they need to speak up in their relationships or at the negotiating table. Deborah believes that knowledge is the antidote to fear and that planning well for divorce creates better outcomes for everyone. Most of her days include messy buns, tons of coffee, cats, and Zooming with her clients. And she has two kind, resilient adult children who are out changing the world. Deborah's book, High Conflict Divorce for Women, comes out today, and you can find the link for that in the show notes, and I highly recommend this book. I have it. I've read it. It is fantastic. If you are going through or may eventually go through a high conflict divorce, this book should be your Bible. Without further ado, here's Deborah Doak. All right, Deborah Doak, I am so happy to have you on the podcast. I am thrilled to be here. I have been listening to your podcast forever. Oh my God, that's so sweet. And I have been following you on Instagram forever. And I'm always, <laughs> I always feel guilty because I'm always sharing your Instagram posts and I'm like, I hope she doesn't think like I'm like stalking her or like taking her shit. <laughs> I'm like, it's so good. No, it's mutual. I'm stalking you too. Yay. Well, Yay. I'm, I'm so glad uh, that we got this together for you to come on. And so you're a coach. You, you, I mean, we do such similar things, right? Right. Right. Basically have the same, you know, I do, should I stay or should I go? You do um, stay, wait, or go. Is that what, is that what you call it? That is what I call yes. it. And I love that. I love the weight aspect. I love that. And you know what's funny? You know what I was thinking about? I was, I was looking over your website and I had this almost like a phantom feeling of like competitiveness or jealousy. And then I was like, wow, it's funny. I actually don't feel that way. Like, I think I've gotten to a place in my life and maturity where like, I want to, I want women like you who do the same thing that I do in my orbit. I want to partner with you. I want to get to know you. I want to lift you up. I want to amplify your voice and your work because we're all doing the same stuff. Right. And there are so many hurting women out there. There's literally room for a hundred of us, a thousand of us. Exactly. And I just, you know, I was just noticing, I mean, this is, this is just my own sort of like, I'm just, you know, thinking out loud here is that I was just noticing, you know, how much women are in competition with one another, generally speaking, right. And how Mm -hmm. we are, how important it is to move away from that and not not do that. Right. Cause like in another life, like I wouldn't want to talk to you. Cause like you, you're like, you know, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. Right. You could steal one of my clients. She oh might my, like you better. Right. Oh my God. That'd be right. like the worst thing in the world. Like, come on. The worst. Yeah. And yes. so here we yes. are. And so, and, and I, and I say that, you know, because I do think that so many women feel that way. I think so many, we are, we are conditioned to be in competition with one another and we're conditioned um, to be scared of one another. And so I almost want to sort of drop that as a little bit of a mini lesson off the top here that like we can all coexist, we can all lift each other up and there's enough for everyone. It's not pie. <laughs> it's not pie. And we don't have to be coming at it from a position of scarcity. Exactly. We come at it from a position of abundance. Yes. Totally. There's enough healing to be done in the world. Oh, there's more than enough healing to be done in the world. Holy shit. 
there's so much healing we have to do. Right. Oy. So anyway, that was a total sidebar, but um, I felt like it was kind of important. So, so, all right. So you're a coach, you are a certified divorce coach and a certified divorce financial planner. So how did you get into this whole realm? Yeah. So that's a really, it's an interesting, um, it was an interesting path. I myself was going through a high conflict divorce. And so I had, as everybody does, a big team of people helping me. I had a certified divorce financial analyst. I had an attorney. I had a therapist. And all these people were saying to me, you're a very prepared and healthy client. um, And you seem to be emotionally handling this well. Have you ever thought about being a therapist? And I said, you know, that sounds like a great idea, but I'm 54. I don't think at this point, and all my background in grad school is in statistics and math. So I, I really don't think at this point, I would like to go back and try to get a master's and do clinicals. And that doesn't sound like my jam. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a lot. <laughs> Same. <laughs> yeah. At least you would have had the statistics done. You wouldn't have had to like, you know, as like when I was looking at it as a, as an acting major in undergrad, I would have had to like start from scratch. <laughs> like there's all the basics I would have had to have taken all the statistics classes and all that. At least you had that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if those brain cells are still alive or oh, not. God. I drank a lot of wine through my divorce. So yeah, I don't know if they're still there. <laughs> Same. Right? Um, so yeah, and my, uh, my trauma therapist rec- uh, said to me one day, have you ever heard of a divorce coach? Mm. And I said, No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. And she and I spent some time talking about it. And I said, you know, that really sounds like something I could do. Wow, that's yeah. I love that. Right? I love that it came from your trauma therapist. Right. And then my divorce financial analyst said to me, you could easily pass the CDFA exam. Like you could do it tomorrow. Why don't you go study for that? You've got a great grasp of the finances. And I said, well, that sounds like a great idea. So I did both those things. And did you take it tomorrow and did you pass it right away? (laughs) Wasn't that easy, Deborah? (laughs) It was definitely not that easy. It's four huge books you study. It's an eight-hour exam, the kind where you go in the room and they basically strip search you and make sure you don't have anything with you but your nerdy calculator. Um, Wow. Oh, yeah. It was not quite that easy. Holy Um, moly. Yeah, I won't be doing that. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Yeah, oh. the calculator where you have to put the numbers in backwards and yeah, that kind of thing. So. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. No. Yeah, the, fin- the financial calculator is backwards. What do you mean backwards? What is that? So in- instead of doing three plus four, yeah. you do three enter four plus. Oh, no. Right. No. It's, it's freaked out. No, 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 no. Or no. fucked up, whichever you want to say. I will say fucked up. I will say <laughs> you know, you listen to this podcast, you know, what I I'm do, about. <laughs> which is why I was, I was happy to be on because I can say the words I want to say and not censor myself. Yes. Good. <laughs> because in this business, sometimes that's the only word you can say, dude, that's fucked up. Right. Right. Yes. I can't tell you the number of times I've had to say that to clients who, you know, and I think that this is a beautiful segue for what we normalize in relationships, right? Right. And the shit that you and I hear on a daily basis and how Mm -hmm. often we do, we say, oh my God, no. Oh no, that is, that is a hundred percent not okay. In fact, that's really fucked up. (laughs) 
Right. In fact, you're actually being abused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. And I think that's one of the biggest switches you and I both working in that stay or go environment. Yeah. Is we have women that are so conditioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I listened to your podcast, both your interviews about uh, patriarchy stress disorder. Yes. And I think that plays such a role. We have women that are so conditioned. Yep. They don't really even understand this is abuse. Right. And when you've been betrayed by your partner or they're a chronic sex addict or they're a serial cheater, you're having a trauma reaction. Yes. Literally, the way you're feeling is normal. It's yeah. righteous anger. You're allowed to be mad. You're allowed to. This isn't right. Yeah. And if you're and if you're angry, I mean, that was that was sort of the biggest insult that my ex would, would hurl at me is when he would call me angry. And it yes. took me years before I was like, fuck yeah, I was angry. <laughs> like, yeah, I was I angry. I had every right to be angry. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Right. You have every right to feel that way. It's yep. righteous anger. Yep. He hurt you on purpose. Right. Who yep. wouldn't be mad about that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think you and I both work in that world a lot in the, the, helping them come to that understanding yeah, coaching them through that so that they that self discovery of coaching, right? Yes, and it and it really is that. I mean, there is right. There is a self discovery of coaching, and then there's also educating them, like actually right. saying. I think that you know, in the coach training that I went through, it was very sort of like soft and. Um, you know, you really want to. You know, the, the coach has the questions, and the client has all the answers. I think there's there's some beauty to that. And then also there are times when a coach needs to say, I'm sorry, no, that is not okay. Right. Because like, yes, we're going to help you get to the answers. We're going to help you find your, you know, your inner confidence and self-esteem and your inner guide that is going to tell you unequivocally, absolutely that that this is wrong, right? We're going to uncover that for you. But sometimes you also want someone to say to you, no, that's not okay. Or as is often the case as well, actually, he may have a point. Let's look, let's dig here. Right. Yes. Yeah. I had a client over the weekend who was talking to me about, well, yeah, I do maybe have some depression. I've been really unhappy in my marriage and I had to call a timeout and say, excuse me, you've been physically abused, financially (gasps) abused, emotionally abused. Right. You're not depressed. Mm -hmm. You're experiencing trauma. So I did not necessarily let herself discover that. I right. Called her out, right. right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You're not depressed, honey. Right. You may you may be depressed, but you know, you can treat the depression all you want. If you're not addressing the trauma, it's not exactly. going anywhere. Right. You're yeah, you're not unhappy in your marriage. Right. Your partner's treating you like crap. Right. That so and that, it's making you unhappy. And yeah. that stuff lingers for so mm. long. And it's, you know, it's one of the things that I deal with and I, and that I talk about a lot, as you probably know, which is that, you know, every book that you'll ever read about, you know, narcissistic abuse or emotional abuse and how to get over it and how to deal with the breakup in all of these ways is, you know, go no contact. And when you have children and you are getting divorced, you don't have that luxury. And so right. there's this period that goes on for sometimes years where you're being even softly re-traumatized, like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, li- by, by little, little nips, right? Little nips at the trauma. Yeah. And it can be, that was one of the 
hardest things for me, I think. And I still, you know, it still comes up by the way, (laughs) which is, of course, yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. And you're exactly right. When you have children and that's part of the work we do, right. And getting them ready to divorce is getting them set up to understand. Let's talk about how do you set a boundary? How do you assertively communicate? How do you use the BIF response method? You don't have to answer every question that's asked, right. You know, helping them learn how to do that so that it isn't so traumatizing. Yeah. So let's talk about your book. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so you have written a book um, about high conflict divorce, which yes. is, is it out yet? It is out for pre-order. It'll officially be available on November 19th. Oh my gosh. It's available on Amazon, uh, Barnes and Noble, all the normal book channels. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. Um, so um, tell tell us a little bit about the book. This is about high conflict. So it's about high conflict. Mm-hmm. The subtitle is your guide to coping skills and legal strategies for all stages of divorce. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. Into, yeah. Three sections. So it takes you through before yeah. what you're, what do you need to do to get prepared? Okay. It talks about you emotionally. It talks about what you need to do to get prepared legally and financially. Okay. And then it has a section about your children. That's great. Yeah. And then it goes through the middle of divorce when you're in the middle of it. Boy, you're going to have a hard time. So the coping mechanisms you had in your abusive marriage aren't going to work for you anymore. We're going to have to up your self-care game. What's that look like? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is what is a litigated divorce look like? How do you protect yourself? What do you need to do? And then another portion on kids. And it's- then we get into after. So important. I love this. Can you, so can you, do you want to go into some detail about a little bit more detail about each of these um, chapters or each of the sections? I would love to get a little more sort of insight into them without like giving away the book because you guys have to buy it. (laughs) Right, right. So, you know, ideally someone will buy this book when they are just thinking about divorce. Right. Because, because that's the divorce. That's the before, right? You don't want the, the like, the before. This, right. Cause that's important. So the before is important, right? The preparation, especially in high conflict, right? Because 69% of divorces are initiated by women. Right. Yes. So if we're talking about, and I'm a, does your book, is your book gender specific or no? So it's written for women, but yeah. I use the word partner. Okay. Um, but it would be useful for anyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you and I working with these, we typically hear about people with narcissistic tendencies, yep. you know, emotional abusers. Yep. These are the people, if you are thinking about filing for divorce and your partner is this way, yep. this is what you're headed for. I can right. tell you that right now. And the prep, this is so yes. like, and a lot of this needs to be covert, right? Like a Correct. lot of this. So yeah. So talk about that. Like the prep is really important. Yes. I call it an exit strategy. So that's what I work with clients on. And even in the stay, wait and go, Mm -hmm. I sometimes will work with them on a parallel path. So um, if you've got a serial cheater on your hands and you're somebody who really wants to give him one more chance, great. At the same time, let's be doing an exit strategy, Uh which is making copies of financial documents, setting up your bank account, getting some cash set aside, all these preparation things. Because number one, spousal starvation is going to happen. He's going to reroute his paycheck. And if you're a stay-at-home mom, you don't have gas or groceries now. 
Yeah. And this is a really good time to interject something that we were talking about in my Facebook group this week. And I posted on Instagram this week is that if you're listening to this and you do not have access to your financials in your household, change that now. The biggest liability for women uh, is that they sort of leave the money up to their husbands, that they don't have access, they don't know the passwords. You know, my husband pays all the bills, he handles that. No, you are are willfully uh, disempowering yourself financially. And there it is, it is so dangerous. And as soon as you turn that corner, as soon as you flip the switch and he gets wind of the fact that, especially if you're in a high conflict um, situation, you are putting yourself in so much danger. So much danger. The money's gone. It's not that you can't find a legal way to compel three or five or 10 years worth of statements to prove that it used to be there, but you're also setting yourself up for a more litigious, more expensive you could be spending your time, money, and energy doing other things. Right. So, exactly. Um, exactly. And so, if he's not, if he's refusing to give you access, that is a huge red flag. Red flag. Huge. Absolutely. Yeah. So that can help you make your stay or go decision too, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Like what's what's yep. that telling you about who you're in relationship with? That's the question we ask all the time. Absolutely. Is, right. Who are you in relationship with? Mm. And someone who isn't willing to give you access to your marital financial information is giving you a big clue. Yep. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That would so, be someone who's very controlling. <laughs> someone and, who's controlling. And, and probably has something to hide. Correct. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So yeah, we talk about in the beginning a lot about preparing yourself, getting ready to put this exit strategy together. You know, if you're working with clients, sometimes I say your exit strategy could be two years. If you're not yeah. being physically abused, yeah. if it's really awful, mm-hmm. you might have a two-year exit strategy. Let him pay for you to go back to school. Wait till the baby gets in kindergarten. Um, and in the meantime, we're being very strategic about preparing for how to make this go well for you. Right. Um, yeah, I really, I to, love that. I love that. I just want to like, I just want to actually pause there for a second because I love yeah. the idea of being creative enough in your thinking to say, I want to go back to school, like not to leave before you've gotten that degree, not to leave before you've gotten yourself in a situation. Um, if you can stand it, right. If it's, if you're not, right, right. If you're not in danger, um, right. that, that there are, like you said, mm-hmm. th- there are good reasons to wait. Yeah. And that's why I put the weight. Yeah. That's why I put the weight in there. And honestly, if your marriage has been miserable for 10 years, what's another 18 months to make it good for you. But I want you to wait with intention instead Ah, of being stuck and miserable. I want you to wait with intention. Know why you're waiting. We can bear a lot if we know why we're doing it. Mm -hmm. The other thing that's important before is, and I know you understand this because you talk about it all the time is getting these women to prepare emotionally. Yes. Because it's this nice girl attitude that's kept them in this toxic marriage. Yep. And it's the nice girl attitude that's going to put them one down in this divorce. Yes. Right. Yes. Because yep. they're going to wait until they get hit by a bullet before they put their armor on. Yep. So, true. so, 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 so true. So we need to start talking about the person you divorce is not the person you married. And I need you to listen up to the things that could happen. Mm-hmm. And I tell a story 
that a therapist shared with me about a dad who took a picture, a video of mom napping on the couch and somehow turned that into evidence that went to the court and said, mom's an alcoholic. Here she is, passed out drunk, showed it to the kids, got it admitted to court. Mom got sent to rehab. Oh no! Dad got full custody of the kids. Wow. Mom got no child support uh-huh. because he took a video of her napping on the couch. Yeah. And it can get bad. You need to be prepared for how dirty some of these guys can get. Yep. You know, and this is the story that they tell so over and over again, you know, various aspects of the movie Divorce Corp, right? Yeah. You've seen that? I have not, but I've heard about it. Yeah. So, and it, and it really is that because child support is connected to percentage of custody Mm -hmm. that some men or, and women will do anything in their power to drag their, their exes through the mud to uh, avoid, to get full custody so that they don't have to pay child support. I mean, it's fucking horrifying. Yes. They do it for two reasons. They do it either to reduce their child support or they do it just to be fucking mean. Yep. Just they for revenge. They yeah. Want- just to hit you where it hurts because yeah. they know the kids mean more to you to anything. Yep. So yep. what can they do that will be like sticking a knife directly in your heart? Take time away with your children. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it is, it is, it is the worst form of revenge that there is. You know, because often these men, they don't care about their kids, actually. They're just trying to, they're just trying to stick it to, to, you know, and it, and it, and it's, it's such a sign of an abuser because, you know, when, when a woman extricates herself in some way from an abusive situation, the abuser is losing control. And that is the, that is when they get the worst. That is when you're in most danger. Yes, it's the most dangerous time. Yeah, yeah. Which is why you need to have a plan. Yes. And I talk about this creating an emergency plan and having your support team in place. Good. Because it's going to ramp up. Even someone who was a timid spouse before, they you might not know there was some covert abuse going on, and that that's that switch will flip. Yeah. Um, And that's what I talk about getting emotionally prepared because um, here's a quote from the book. This client of mine said, I wanted to believe that as the father of my children, he wouldn't do anything to screw me over or our children. I couldn't have been more wrong. He didn't care who he hurt. Yeah. How often do you hear that story? And so we need, yeah, we need women to get their eyes open early. Yep. I'd rather they over prepare and not need it then under preparing gets slaughtered. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And in and in preparing, right, you don't want to, I think this is an important distinction and balance, right? You don't want to then become the adversarial one, right? You don't want to in in preparing, this is just like in your own camp behind mm-hmm. behind your wall, <laughs> right? In your trench, right? You're not preparing in such a way that you are becoming adversarial or you're actually creating um, the adversity, you're, it's, it's really protection and defense, right? You're not suddenly playing offense. No, you're not at all. Right. You're creating your team of safe people, yeah. safe money, safe communication, yep. safe storage. You're putting together your, what I call your BFF backup, your taskmaster, yeah. you know, the person you can call to get someone, something done. 
the person that can pick up your kid from school if you need to go do something immediately. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Your your safety net. Yep. So, and again, nothing adversarial. Right. It is you're protecting yourself. You're kind of putting on your armor. You're not pulling out your spear and going after him. You're putting on your armor. Yeah. I just, yes, absolutely. I just wanted to clarify or not even clarify, just sort of highlight, (laughs) right? Because some people will be like, okay, so they're getting defensive and they're putting their armor on and then they're like, pick up the sword and start running into battle. (laughs) It's like, no, 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 you don't need to do that. Right. No, no, no. But I do want you to be prepared if someone with a sword is coming toward you. Yes, absolutely. Hey guys. I want to take a quick break here because I want to tell you about a co-parenting app that I have been testing out and I absolutely love. The FAIR app, it's F-A-Y-R, is the easiest, most intuitive, and conflict-diffusing co-parenting app on the market. And I am so excited to be partnering with FAIR on the podcast today. This app is so cool, not just because it's app-based, so it's always at your fingertips, And not just because it's made with the user experience in mind, so it's super pretty and intuitive, but really because of all that you can do with it. So here's a sampling of some of the things that you can do on the FAIR app. There's a time-sharing calendar, so you can track custody. You can exchange days and never forget special events like soccer games or birthday parties. There's documentable text messaging so that If you communicate through the app, it stores everything for you. There's an expense tracker so you can monitor expenses, upload receipts, and just generally track all of the kids' spending. All of the kids' spending. (laughs) But here's my favorite part. FAIR has a GPS check-in that is a court-verifiable way to document your presence at all GPS-verified locations. What this means is that no one can accuse you of not being where you said you'd be with your kids because the app will prove that you were there. How cool is that for high conflict cases? There's a monthly parenting report that tells you unequivocally what percentage of custody you had that month along with tons of other things. There's a private journal to take notes, add photos, and screenshots. You guys are constantly asking me how to store the screenshots that you take. Here it is. Um, There's also a file vault so you can keep all your records. You can export all of your records. And there's a Spanish version of the app as well. So the best part about this amazing app is that they've come on as a sponsor of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. And as a loyal listener, they are offering you... 20% off of your subscription. So here's what you got to do. You got to go to befair.com, B-E-F-A-Y-R.com. When you subscribe, use the code KAnthony, that's me, (laughs) my first initial and last name, and you'll get 20% off. Then you're going to download the FAIR app from the App Store or Google Play right there on the website, and your life will immediately become 150% easier. Now, of course, If you can't remember all this, you know it's all in the show notes. What you need to remember is that you can lose the he said, she said, and be the best parent that you can be. Be fair. F-A-Y-R. Okay, now let's get back to our episode. Disempowered women that have been through so much gaslighting just don't even know what to believe anymore. And they're, they're just disempowered. They've lost their voice. They don't feel like they're in control anymore. And one of the biggest mistakes I see people make in divorce is forgetting who the decision makers are. 
Mm. because you are in charge of your own divorce. You get to make the decisions. And so what disempowered women have a tendency to do is hire a lawyer and then go hide back under the covers. Yes. Yes. And often hire a lawyer that they don't even like or trust very much. Correct. I hear that a lot. I do too. And you know, it's, it's, I've said it before on the podcast and I'll say it again. If you don't like your lawyer, if you don't feel safe and protected Mm -hmm. by your lawyer, go find another lawyer. Your attorney, you know, your attorney should be a doing what's in your best interest Mm -hmm. and not be stoking additional fires on your behalf. If you're not, you know, in charge, as you said, you are the decision maker of all of that. Um, and I think that sometimes women will be attracted to an attorney that's sort of similar to us, their spouse, right? It's like we, we make the same choices. Like I used to have a therapist who used to say that we recreate our childhood homes in our relationships and in the workplace. Mm. And I think that we do that with our, you know, we can, we can make the same mistake in choosing our attorneys. The person is supposed to be protecting us. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. The, yeah. The other thing I, I see happen and I had this conversation with a client last week and I see this a lot they're not happy with their attorney. They don't trust their attorney. Uh Have you had the conversation with your attorney about what your expectations are? Right. Well, no. Okay. Well, let's work on that then. Right. What are your expectations? What do you want? What do you want to be included in? What do you not want to be included in? Mm -hmm. What answers do you need? Well, I haven't heard back from them on, or I don't know what their position is on, or I don't know why they're doing this. Okay. So those are your expectations to have answers to those questions. So these same disempowered women that didn't have a voice and never learned how to communicate assertively. Yep. They're not doing it with their attorney either. So they're dissatisfied, but they're also not speaking up. Exactly. 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 And, you know, and this is, you know, so much of the work that I'm sure you do and and that I do with women is in helping them find their voice, helping them take back their, their power and understand who they are in the world and how to set healthy boundaries and, and, and effective communication, like actually learning to, to communicate and speak, you know, the number of women (laughs) that I, that I work with or that I know, and, you know, who have never raised the concerns that, you know, in some cases they're leaving their marriages over, you know, it's, uh, it's mind boggling. Well, have you, you know, I used to say to my friends who would complain about their husbands, I would say, and I'd say, have you, have you talked to him about it? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, you you don't get to be mad about this if you haven't spoken to him about it. You just don't. So, yes, um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you, you, you don't get to be a victim of an attorney making decisions about things. If you have not sat down and said, this is what I want done and this is how I want to do it. Right. Right. So that's, that's why I say that's one of the biggest divorce mistakes is not being your own best advocate. So you need to learn yourself what the law is. Yes. Learn yourself what your finances are you know, learn all these things yourself, do the child support worksheet yourself. It's online. Yep. Understand. And it's, it's not that your attorney shouldn't be helping you, but they do legal, right? They're there to help you file legal papers and understand your rights. Yes. It is your job 
to know what's best for you and make your own decisions. Yep. And I don't want anybody to punt that responsibility to somebody else who doesn't have to live with the consequences. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with this wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly. And you know, the thing to remember is that divorce attorneys, they're not necessarily the best at looking at these things through the lens of someone who's never done this before. Right. You know, there are divorce attorneys that will, that will walk you through it step by step, hold your hand and like really educate you on how this works. And then there are divorce attorneys who just won't because they've been doing this for so long and they're there, like, as you say, to file the papers, to file the motions, to, you know, get this, get the show on the road and keep it moving. And so Mm -hmm. if you want someone who is going to, if you need to have a meeting where you say, I need to understand everything because I'm confused or I'm lost or I'm scared, like Mm -hmm. you should have the ability to do that. You have the right to do that. Or you may need an attorney who is a little softer around the edges and a little more nurturing uh, you through the process because they're not all going to be that way. They're not. And that's one of the things I do is I like to meet with clients before they choose an attorney Mm -hmm. because I like to help them choose their attorney. Not that I pick for them, but I help them identify their needs and their questions so that when they go to do their consults and I like them to do at least three, Mm -hmm. so they get a feel for different people and I like them to clarify their expectations so they can say things like, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Should I email or call? And when can I expect to hear back from you? Uh Clarify that. Because I don't want to hear you complain. Well, he didn't call me back for three days. Well, he told you in your initial meeting that it was 72 hours. Right. So I just, (laughs) you know, it's that clear communication and expectations that set you up for a good relationship. Yep. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, you know, I think that's one thing that's really important. The other thing, and I, I know you get this, but I talk a lot in the book about emotional regulation. Uh Uh-huh. Because again, we're working with traumatized women for the most part. And it's really important that you don't come off as the crazy one. Yes. And it's so easy when we get triggered. And they, yes. And and listen, they half the time they do it on purpose, right? So for that sure. they, so that they can step back and look at us and be like point to us and be like, see, she's crazy. See, she's crazy. You're at the custody hearing and you know, I'm over here going, oh, no, he's not. He didn't say that. And I'm screaming and talking over the judge. Well, guess what the judge thinks about that? Right. Exactly. You're the hysterical um, one who needs a tranquilizer. Right. Yeah. And the judge is going to assume that you are equally responsible for the conflict. Right. So you need to know that. Mm-hmm. The judge and the magistrate, whoever you're seeing, is going to assume you're equally responsible for the conflict. Is it fair? Nope. But that's what they think. Yeah. And you know, they will, yeah. Oh God. It just goes into a whole rabbit hole. I mean, I have a a situation in my family where, you know, we're dealing with someone who's literally psychotic and like diagnostically so, and, and, you know, has lost custody and like all this stuff. It's like, I mean, it's very serious. There's, she's a rap sheet. Like there's just all sorts of shit. Right. And we'll still go into court and they'll like want us to go before, you know, with a sit down with a mediator. And we're like, no, (laughs) no, no, (laughs) that doesn't work. (laughs) No. And so I go through this section of, I know it's not fair, but this is what you need to do Uh because the judge and the magistrate have expectations. And I don't care what you think. 
if you want to get what you want to get, this is what you need to do. Yep. yep. This is what you need to do because you've got to, yeah, you've got to regulate your emotions. The joke that I say is smart people do stupid things and stupid people go to jail. Yeah. Because, right. Or right. stupid people post on social media, which then is evidence. Stupid people waste money. Stupid people waste assets. And maybe it's not stupid. It's impulsive, emotional, whatever. Um, you're also likely to hurt your children. Yeah. Children are going to overhear something. You're going to damage your co-parenting relationship. Yeah. I know you talk about that a lot. And it's yep. so important. Yep. Um, and so there's just so much damage you do to yourself, your children, your future relationships when you don't manage your own emotions. Yep, absolutely. And so when you say manage your own emotions, let's talk about that. What does let's that talk mean? About that. <laughs> right, because it's yeah. one, because right. I think when we say manage your emotions, it conjures to me like an image of you like sitting on your hands, right? Like, no. I'm like, I just have to like keep it in while we're in court right? Which is not, which I know is not what you're talking about, but you know, it is, that's not going to help. Right. Managing your emotions means getting them out in a healthy way Mm -hmm. so that you are not erupting at the wrong time in the wrong place. Yes. Yeah. So it's having the right support Yep. and not venting to inappropriate people, making sure you know how to identify safe people. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. who are your safe friends? Who are your safe family? I'm telling you right now, all your friends and family are not safe. Uh, so, yeah. And, and this right? is when you're going to find it out. Yeah. This is the time that you're going to find it out and you're going to be shocked to shit. Yes, you are. Shocked yes, you are. I tell I tell the story about how my during my divorce, my two best friends of twenty years were the people who turned on me, mm, and I was like, for you. "It was awful." And then you know, guess what? Six months later, one of them was divorced, and a year later, the other one was. And it had mm. nothing to do with me whatsoever, and it had everything to do with the fact that. I was holding a mirror up to their marriages that they didn't want to look in. And it was, it was really all about them, but oh my God, I needed my best friends. Sure. And there they were. And it was, it God, it was the, that was the most painful part um, of the divorce process. And my, and my ex actually says the same thing that, that he said, he, he had a great way of putting it. He said, you know, I'm finding out who my shallow end of the pool and who my deep end yeah. of the pool friends are. And I just didn't think that they would, that the, we know the people that were in the, that are in the deep end would be there. And I, and the people who are in the shallow end are really thought would be in the deep end. And it's just really confusing and jarring. Yeah. You find it out. And I also give a big warning about what I call Switzerland friends, uh-huh. you know, about the Switzerland friends, right? Yes. They, yep. Oh, we just love both of you so much mm-hmm. that we want to stay friends with both of you. Mm-hmm. Well, if they know the truth about what went on, yeah, they can still stay friends with your husband, your soon-to-be ex. Yeah, is that really somebody you want to be in relationship with? Well, and right. If I guarantee you, be careful what you say in front of them because if they're still friends with your soon-to-be ex, yes, it better be careful what you share. Exactly. This is in particular in abusive, yes. uh, in abusive situations. Absolutely. Um, you know, I don't advocate for making people choose at all. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're not, but if it's not safe, if you are in a high conflict situation and it's not safe, you really want to, yeah, 
you you want you, you want to, to examine. You may have to choose. Right. Yeah. You may have to choose. Yeah. Absolutely. To protect yourself. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, at yeah. least during the proceedings, and then if you choose to reconnect, and again, that's that direct communication. You know what? I'm nervous right now while things are going, um, and I'm going to just take a step back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. you can reconnect when it's over if you choose to. And, you know, the, the, I think the Switzerland people are also the ones who are like, well, maybe I can stay neutral and I can help things, right? Mm. And the thing is, is that they're not trained to be able to do that. <laughs> so that's really, so it's not helping if they're like, well, you know, I had a conversation with your ex the other day and, you know, she was saying blah, 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 like, ooh, ooh that <laughs> amateur mediator. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that a lot of people do that. Like it's well-meaning, right? They do. I right. think they do think that they're being an amateur mediator, but like, oh no, 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 honey. <laughs> that's right. not safe. Right. I mean, rule number one with any relationship is assume best intention. Yeah. So right. I think you do assume best intention. They are doing something for good. But again, you've got to be in self-protection mode. And I would rather you overprotect than underprotect. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so. Yes. So, yeah. so protect those friendships. And have your support system. And so we're talking, uh, we were talking about making sure that you're, um, you ha- you're emotionally supported, right? And, and processing right. properly, right? Like even, yes. you know, when I'm working with clients, I am adamant that they, it, you know, my one-on-one clients and my program in my, in my, you know, online programs, mm-hmm. my, you know, have a, have a fucking therapist, please have a therapist, <laughs> you right. know, because a coach is not the same thing as a therapist. And, you know, I can't, I can't do trauma coaching over the phone. Like that's not what I do. Right. right. So have right. a therapist. You must have a therapist yes. um, while you're yes. going through this for sure. Right. And, a tra- and a trauma right. therapist if necessary. Yes. Yes. Coaching is how can I get you from here to where you want to go uh-huh. for the most part? Right. Right. Yep. But if you've got some stuff, some garbage, some toxic stuff in there that you need to get out in order to to really move forward, then yeah, that's, that's not what you and I are trained to do. Right. Yes. It's, it's not, I I would love to have been trained to do that, but that would take another like 10 years of schooling. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. I'm I'm afraid I'd be going to to graduation with my walker. Like I don't have time for that. (laughs) Right. We did it. (laughs) Yay for us. Yay for us. That's so funny. Go to the MCL cafeteria. Do you have that there? No, what's that? Oh, so it's like a a cafeteria where you slide your tray down and they always all the old people eat there because the dinner special is from four to five. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's gonna be us. (laughs) That'll be us. With our trauma therapy certificate. (laughs) Something like that. Something like that. Oh my God. Early bird special. I got it. That's what it is. That's what it is. Early bird trauma special. Oh my God. So, you know, the other thing that's that's so important about making sure you process your emotions in a healthy way is because you do not want to spew on your children. Yes. Right. Everything everything I do, I mean, I'm sure you're the same. Like, everything I do is in service of children, like everything. So everything and, and in a high conflict situation, 
you've got to be extra vigilant about caring for your children because, because the likelihood is that your spouse, your soon to be ex is going to want to use them as a pawn. So you not only have to, you know, work to not do that, but you have to work against that. Yes. Yeah. Which means you need to be extra healthy. Yes. Which, so you've got to get up to speed on that really quickly, which is hard. And so tell, what does that mean? Up to speed, up to speed on what? So this is just getting ready to process your emotions, especially if you've been a victim of gaslighting and all those other manipulative behaviors. um, Normally it would be nice to take your time and kind of come out of that slowly and have support. But if you're facing a high conflict divorce, dude, you got to run into a brick wall, wake up um, and start processing that right now. Because right. Because the rule number one with handling children is process your own pain first. Yes. So um, I have a friend who's an author and a grief expert, and she uses this acronym parents to kind of guide you on working with your children. And the P in parents is process your own pain first. Yes. Because you can't do anything else while you are dysregulated. Absolutely. You're going to vomit all over your children. Yeah. Or they're going to hear it. They're going to overhear it. Or, you know, I, I used to run a program um, called how to not fuck up your kids. (laughs) I love it. And the whole thing was about, um, about your, about you. It was nothing to do with kids. It was nothing to do with parenting. It was all about processing your own pain, processing your own trauma, dealing with yourself so that you don't pass it on to your kids because it, you know, our trauma lives in our DNA. If we heal that, we get to not pass it on to another generation and literally Mm -hmm. the buck stops with us. It does. And so, and we have the power to do that. And it's hard. It's hard work, it's hard. but we have, we absolutely have the power to do that. And that's, you know, this is why we lose our shit on our kids, right? We're, when, right. when our tanks are not full, when we are not feeding ourselves, putting our own oxygen mask on first, like choose your metaphor, right? Um, you know, we lose our shit on our kids more easily. And when we're, full of stress in the middle of divorce and so much pain and anguish and all of that. And we don't have the proper resources. Oh my God, going through my, my divorce, I was in therapy three times a week Hmm. and my therapist wanted me there five days a week. And I was like, well, I just, I don't think I can afford that. (laughs) It was expensive. Yeah. Could you just move in with me? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. right? Right. And, but yeah, I mean, we lose our shit on our kids because we're stressed. Because we're in pain and hurt people, hurt people. Yep. There's your other metaphor, right? Or your trite saying, Right. but we say it a lot because it's true. Yep. Hurt people, hurt people. And so you've got to process your own pain first so that you're not taking it out on your children. Yes. Because you've got a lot of hard work to do in helping your children through this. Yes. And it's, listen, and here's the other thing, like all of this is hard. And sometimes, you know, I know I would, I feel this way. It's like, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, enough. Like, I don't want to be the only one or I don't like, I just, I'm so fucking tired. I don't have another breath in me and I don't want to have to hold it together. And I don't want to have to process this shit. And like, Uh, right. Like, right. Like sometimes you really just fucking don't want to. Sure. And yet (laughs) we're moms and we go on. That's really it, right? and, Yeah, that's exactly it. And the other thing as moms that I think 
And because you're so honest and you dig so deep into your own Mm. self, Mm -hmm. um, I am sure as a parent, you're doing this. Another thing I see parents doing a lot when Mm. they have a Kai conflict X and things aren't going as well as they would like, or dad isn't doing everything the way that mom wants him to, Uh or um, child comes home from dad's and has a complaint or an issue. Dad isn't doing this, or dad wouldn't let me do that. Mom has a tendency to want to run in and be the fixer of all things. Oh, God, yes. Which puts her back in conflict with dad, triggers her, her back down the rabbit hole. So the other thing I really love to help moms do is equip their own children. Yes. Right? Yes. Begin to teach them, give them agency, give them language, help them learn assertive communication, help them learn all those skills that then will serve them as an adult, but also lets them create their own relationship with their other parent. Yes. And that I think is one of the, one of the biggest gifts I gave my son and he hated it. He was mad at me, right? Because he'd come home and be like, dad did this. And then, you know, expect me to call dad. And then it did it. It put us in conflict. Right. And there were times when it was appropriate. There were times when we were able to have conversations where I was like, Hey, I think you need to hear this. I know it's going to be hard for you to hear. Um, and we were able to have really um, healing and productive conversations about things, about parenting, co-parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and be- because we're so different, my, my ex and I cannot co-parent in the same house together, but we're really good at co-parenting and divorce because um, we both hold such opposite ends of the spectrum that we balance each other out. Like we both respect each other. Like I respect his uh, sort of harder discipline with our son. Like, so I'm just gonna tell a quick story. So the other day he texted me and he was really frustrated and he texted me. He's like, I'm kicking our son out of the house and he's not allowed to go to your house. And he has to figure out what to do. Cause he, our son just sort of like hangs out in the house all day and he's like on video games or he's on his phone. It like wanders the house around the house waiting for us to like entertain him. And he's 14. Mm. And so, you know, when I was 14, I grew up in New York city. I was like on the subway out the house. Like I, I you know, I was everywhere. Um, yeah. and my ex is from uh, North Carolina and same thing. Like they were just out all day and our son doesn't go to school in our neighborhood. And so a lot of his friends, it's not like he has friends just within walking distance, right? They're another town over. It's a little far. It's too far. But anyway, my ex was like, I'm kicking him out of the house. He's got to figure out what to do, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, um, okay, well, like maybe you could like help him with that. And (laughs) like, I don't know, not just like kicking him out seems a little harsh, but and of course it turned out and we got into a little tiff and he was like, you know, I don't like the way you just, you know, second guess my parenting, whatever. And I'm like, I don't know what you want from me right now. It turned out fine. He later on, he was like, I was really frustrated. I'm sorry. I was a dick, but you know, basically he did. He helped our son do this. Right. And, and our son ended up taking the bus system in LA, which is not easy, ended up taking himself like, half an hour away to guitar center, which he loves to go and spend time at. He met flea of the red hot chili peppers. I played with him and he was like, and he did all this on his own. And what he did was it fostered this sense of independence, which was amazing that I never would have done. Literally. If you had said to me, like, you need to kick your son out of the house and get him on the bus, tell him to figure out how to use the bus so he can go. I would be like, no, 
no, he's my baby. <laughs> like, no, right? So our, so anyway, my ex and I can do that apart, but if we were in the same house, it would have been like catastrophic. Yes. Um, but, you know, so we do respect each other's, you know, I respect his hard line and he respects my nurturing. And, you know, sometimes we come in conflict and, but anyway, um, but, you know, there were times when I had to have hard conversations with him. But for the most part, what I would say to my son is, hey, listen, I have a secret way of dealing with daddy. <laughs> yes. right? Because I totally get what you're saying. He can be hard to deal with in this way. And, you know, I'm kind of an expert in how to talk to dad in a way that works, right? So I'm teaching yeah. him communication skills. I'm teaching him that you know, with every person that you're communicating with the way, and this is like the science of communication that I, you know, teach in corporate America that, you know, when you're sending a piece of communication, you need to know who it's landing with and you need to adjust and modulate your communication so that it lands with the person you're talking to. Right. right. And so, and this is, that's, this is a life skill that is like, super important that most of us don't get. Right. So I, you know, from right. the age of six, I'm explaining this to my son, right? Like, okay, listen, I totally get it. If you want to do this, here's how you need to present it to dad. Like, I know that's not how you'd present it to me, but here's how you talk to dad, you mm -hmm. know? And, and so he learned that and now yeah. they're great. <laughs> life skill. It, it's a life skill. And it's a and as, as you said, I'm not in more conflict with my ex. Right. And I think that we hesitate so often as moms. We just want to go in and, you know, we've moved now from helicopter parent yeah. to this new term of lawnmower parent. <laughs> Have you heard that Is one? That? No. So not only do we hover right above them and watch what they're doing, uh -huh. now we actually go in front of them and mow everything down. Oh, so right. Yes. Resistance at all. Yeah. And we, and that's really become a thing where like, yep. oh, you had a little tiff or a conflict or at, at school, let me just call the teacher and see what's going on with that. Right. You know, well, they're 14. They should probably be going and talking to the teacher by themselves. Yes. Um, and it's because we haven't taught them the skills. So it's, it's an opportunity really to give our kids agency. And mm -hmm. if you've got someone who, let's say you got divorced because they drink a little bit or they have a porn problem or whatever the issue is, have age appropriate conversations with your children. Yeah. So they have language to tell you when something's going on that they don't feel good about. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to communicate it with the other parent, right? Because again, yes. in a high conflict situation, if, if your kid comes home and says, daddy was drunk this weekend, and then you call the attorney and like, you're going to stir up a right. pot that may or may not need to be stirred up, like for sure. Right. For sure. Um, or you can equip your child to be able to say, hey, daddy, it, it scares me when you drink alcohol. And yes. um, I, I would really prefer it if when I'm here, um, you didn't. Or, yes. right? Like, and how yeah. much more empowered is that child <laughs> to be able to yes. have a conversation? Yes. So much agency. Yes. So much empowerment. So much. Um, and, and think about, you know, let's think about that being a daughter. And now yes. let's think about that daughter being in a relationship in high school and college. How much more is she going to be able to say, Hey, this isn't, this isn't okay with me. Uh-huh. Right. Yep. 
Absolutely. Again, helping to break that generational cycle by giving them that language. Yes. Yes. You know, it's so important. It's also important. It's also important. I feel like we could, we could, we didn't even get into the after, (laughs) but I feel like we're, we're taught, we're, you know, we're running up on time here and I don't want to, I mean, I would like to talk all day about this, but so, and I could, (laughs) I know I could too. I know. So tell us where, where can people find you on Instagram? We know (laughs) on Instagram, it is Deborah Doak coach. So it's D E B R A D O A K Yep, coach. And then everything will be in the show notes. It always is. Awesome. And then it's um, online. It's same name, DebraDoke.com. Awesome. And the book is coming out November 19th. Um, And it's available for pre-order now. Fantastic. I love it. Deborah. thank you so much for coming on and for talking about all of this super important stuff. I'm so glad we finally got to connect. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.